And it's from John uh, chapter 20, commencing verse 11. Mary Magdalene stood crying outside the tomb. She was still weeping when she stooped down and saw two angels inside. They were dressed in white and were sitting where Jesus' body had been. One was at the head and the other was at the foot. The angels asked Mary, why are you crying? Well, she answered, well, they've taken away my Lord's body. I don't know where they have put him. As soon as Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know who he was. Jesus asked her, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Well, she thought he was the gardener and said, Sir, if you have taken his body away, please tell me so I can go and get him. Then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni. The Aramaic word Rabboni means teacher. Jesus told her, Don't hold on to me. I have not yet gone to the Father. But tell my disciples, I am going to the one who is my father and my God, as well as your father and your God. Well, Mary Magdalene then went and told the disciples she had seen the Lord. She also told them what he had said to her. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, David. Good afternoon, everybody. Afternoon. Lovely to see you here. Uh, my name's James, and uh, I'm the vicar here, and um, yeah, it's wonderful to see you on Easter Day. Um, so, do, do you, I don't know if you're like me, but um, do you find it incredibly satisfying when you're proved right about something? Yeah? Particularly when uh, you're, I mean, somebody uh, thinks you, you're wrong. Do you, do you know what I mean? You're, and then you, you find out you prove them right. Is that satisfying? Uh, what about if it's your boss, if you've got a boss? Uh, all right, Sarah. That never ha- it's never happened to me, funny enough. Uh, uh, but, you know, when, when your boss is convinced you've done something, not like, terribly wrong, but, you know, something or other, and then you prove that you're, you're right. Is it, well, not prove. Yeah, you do. You prove you're right. Is it satisfying or what? Is it, you, you, I get a, lo- a lot of satisfaction out, out, out of that daily. And it um, never happens to me, but I like the, like the thought. Well, I want you to imagine for a minute that you're, you're Jesus, and um, not for too long in case we get judged, but just imagine, uh, imagine uh, that you are, and you've, you've resurrected from the dead. Um, now, you've got some really cool options available to you right now, okay? So you have a little think about uh, who you want to um, just, you know, wander into their living room first. You've got all sorts of op- options, haven't you? Pontius Pilate. That'd be lovely. Imagine Pilate, he's sentenced you to death, and uh, he comes down in the morning, he sees you lying on a sofa. Jesus, lying on a sofa, having a glass of something and cooking some fish. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Or, or some, he could have appeared to Pilate, or some of the soldiers who were, you know, really aggressive and having a go at him. Jesus could have just said, hello, <laughs> fancy meeting you here again. He, there were so many options available for Jesus who he was going to appear to, wasn't he? And it was entirely his choice. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't written in stone anywhere or even in, in paper or whatever or on your phone. It was entirely his choice who he could have appeared to. And isn't it amazing 
that the first person he appears to, the founder, really, of Christianity, not, you know, barring Jesus himself, uh, the founder uh, was Mary Madeline. The first person he chose to appear wasn't to Pilate and to kind of prove Pilate, you know, that I was right after. It wasn't to the soldiers or the mocking crowd or whoever. Uh, it was to Mary Madeline. She was the first person that Jesus appeared to. And it tells us a couple of things about Jesus. The first thing it tells us about Jesus is this. He's not overly interested in those with positions of power and authority. It's a shame we are, aren't we? I am. I'm always convinced I do a better job than everybody. Are you? Are you, you I know one of my team members is smiling away because he's really, or whoever that is, is very convinced, uh, you know, could do better than whoever. Do, do you, Boris or somebody, but do, do you see what I mean? He's, he doesn't seem to be overly interested in appearing to those in power and authority. I mean, we're obsessed by them, but he doesn't seem to be overly interested by them. He appears to this one lady, Mary Madeline. And in those days, as you know, actually similar to these days, um, the women weren't believed. The women weren't believed. It hasn't changed much, sadly, has it? The women weren't believed in those days, as it is often in today's society as well. And Jesus appears to her. And he appears to her when she's crying. And he says this really interesting, uh, clever little thing, actually. He says this. He says, um, I'm on my way back to my father and your father. God and your God. Now, isn't that quite interesting? Now, I'm not very, I'm dyslexic. I'm not very good with logistics, not very good with directions. I don't know where right and left, right and wrong is. I was going to say right and left is all right and wrong or anything really. So I don't quite know how when Jesus ascends, how we're supposed to understand where it is physically and all that kind of stuff. But park that just over there to your left or your right, wherever you're sitting. But the thing, point about it is this. Jesus hasn't yet gone back to his father. He hasn't yet gone back and received a glorious welcome in heaven. He hasn't yet gone back and sat down at the right hand of God and had a little rest because of all that he's done. He hasn't had his cup of tea, as it were, or his celebratory moment. But what he has done is this. He's seen a woman that he knows weeping. And he says, do you know what? I could appear to Pilate. I could appear to the soul. I could even, you know, freak Peter out for fun. And I could do things. But do you know what? I see a woman that I know and love who is crying and is weeping at the tomb and I'm going to appear to her. That's my priority. The kingdom, the beautiful way of Jesus that he's bringing into this world is so different still today, 2,000 years later, than the way of this world. He could have shown off so to so many people he could have had a right laugh couldn't he really to be honest but he, he I'm sure he had a laugh but he didn't have a laugh in that way he saw a woman weeping at the tomb and he stopped he had a busy meeting to get to he had to get to heaven he had a couple of things on later that day but he stopped and spent time with a weeping woman and she becomes the founder of Christianity actually not Paul really it, it's her because she has the message first and then she tells the other apostles she's the apostle to the apostle the second thing that um, you would have noticed in the passage um, a, a little bit earlier was this. Um, can you remember a few years ago, those who were at Top Church, we helped out at Park Run. I don't know some of you, some of it is back, it feels like years, well, it was years ago, but it feels even longer uh, than that. We helped out at Park Run and we volunteered and we all kind of uh, got involved. It's great fun. Well, at the start of this passage, you'll notice there's a lot of running going on. There's a lot of running going on. Right at the start, Mary runs to the tomb and then Peter and John are running to the tomb. And then Peter and John, they get to the tomb, they look in, Peter, John overtakes Peter, I think Peter's a bit 
I feel he's a bit tubby. And John overtakes him on the inside. Beautiful bit of kind of running at the last minute. Pops in, sees the tube, knows what's happened. And then he runs back and then Peter runs back. They are running here, there and everywhere. Because, if I dare say it, they're blokes. And they've got really important things to do, okay? Because they've got lots of things to get done. And they've got a big to-do list. And there's an amazing contrast that John writes. He does it intentionally, which is this. Peter and John are running here, running there, running. It's the only passage in the Bible where there's so much running. There's not much running going on in the Bible. Everyone kind of walks or, or just hovers. But there's lots of running going on here. And Peter's running, John's running, back and forth, back and forth. They're doing stuff. But who gets the encounter with Jesus? Mary. What's she doing? She was standing still. It says Mary, literally says Mary stood still and she encountered Jesus. The blokes were running. They had important business to do. We've got things to do. Have you seen the inbox I've got? They were running around here, there, and everywhere. But Mary stood. She stood still. And it's when we adopt that pose of standing still in our hearts. It doesn't mean we don't have things to do or we can't have busy lives and responsibilities. It's almost an attitude of heart, isn't it? Of standing still, of being still. And when we hit that moment, that's when the encounter with Jesus comes. Not the running around. I'm talking about inside your heart. Because if you, you know, with responsibilities, sometimes you do have to run around. But I'm talking about inside our hearts, that stillness. There's a story that I've told, but um, I don't think I've told it for a while. So I'll just uh, tell it again, because it's just a beautiful story. It's a story of um, a child and a priest in France. And, you know, in France, they have those lovely and kind of croissants grows on trees and uh, there's uh, fountains and it's just this sort of idyllic kind of world. This little boy who's kind of uh, sitting there used to watch the priest, the Catholic priest, go into the church every day of his life and he was intrigued what did this priest do in the church because he saw him go every day and uh, take a croissant from the tree, go in and, and, and what have you. About 18 years later the boy becomes a young man and has the courage to ask the you know, what do you do there? And he, so he plucked up the courage and he said, you know, Father, um, you know, what do you do uh, in the church? And the priest says, well, I pray. And the little boy says, well, well, he's a big boy now, isn't he? He's, he's, he's obviously not got my genes. He's bigger than that. You know, uh, he, he says, um, well, you must have a lot to pray about. You've been going there for, you know, I've watched you for eight, you know, 16, 17 years. You must have a lot to pray about if you're going there every day to pray. And the priest says, no, I don't really have a lot to pray about. He said, but you've just told me you go in there every day to pray. He said, yeah, but I don't have a lot to pray about. So the, boy, the man's a young man now is going, well, what do you do? He said, this is what I do. When I get into the church, I sit down and look at God. God sits down and looks at me. And I'm content and he is content. I sit down and look at God. God sits down and looks at me. And I'm content and he is content. He developed this way of standing still in the midst of busyness. And my simple prayer for all of us here are these two. I think the battery's died. Oh, no, it's back again. It's resurrected. It's a good illustration. Okay, I like what you're doing. Uh, um, the thing to take away from it is the way of Jesus. He doesn't appear to the Pontius Pilots of the world, but to the weeping people. Blessed are those who weep, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that if we cultivate the way that Mary lived, of being still and not just have a running around spirit, as it were, but being still, that, that's the person who got the encounter with Jesus. Let's pray together and we're going to worship more and share communion. But let's pray. Loving God, thank you for this beautiful day. It's a resurrection day.
Thank you for a chance to share communion in a moment where we can be still. And I pray for all of us that where there's other things that we've got to get done, we do them in a place of just being still. Help us like Mary to stand still and encounter you. And I pray that we would keep following the way of Jesus, not worrying about Pontius Pilate and all these other characters, whoever they may be in our world this day, but looking for Mary Madeline, looking for those who are weeping, those who are feeding on the outside. And as Jesus appears to her, may we in some way take Jesus to those. And we ask this in his wonderful name. Amen.